Hello, Zia. Uh, many thanks for joining me today. Uh, Zia, you are a, a senior fellow at the Center for Historical Analysis and Conflict Research at the Royal Military Academy, Sandhurst. And we'll be talking today about uh, the ramifications of the U.S. presidential election, namely uh, now uh, Biden in the White House. What does it mean uh, generally for U.S. foreign policy, but also more particularly about the Turkey-U.S. relationship going forward? Um, thanks for having me, Sinan. Thank you. Uh, so, um, what would be your initial thoughts about uh, what should we expect uh, from uh, this uh, development in the U.S.? In what ways the Biden administration uh, will seek to structure its relationship uh, with Turkey uh, differently than what we have seen in the last four years under a Trump administration? Yeah. So I think there's a lot that is still not clear about Biden's own foreign policy, right? His um, engagement with Obama-era policies, but also um, uh, all of our criticisms towards how Trump has handled U.S. foreign policy obviously gives signals to it. Now that we're seeing his initial appointments, um, there are signs of what kind of approach that he will take, which a lot of us welcome, which is seems to be more centrist, more traditional, more institutional approach to U.S. foreign policy making. But I think a lot of his agenda has to focus on domestic issues, um, the United States economy, society, politics, identity. Um, and there's a lot there on his plate. And, and also the larger questions of the direction of U.S. foreign policy, which would be different now um, from the days when he was the vice president, for example, question of China. Um, and, and now the, the, the mandate on thinking about a new U.S. policy, a more robust U.S. foreign policy towards um, East Asia um, and the traditional challenges from the Middle East, etc. So to that end, um, I think when it comes to the Turkey question, um, I think a return to a more institutional U.S. foreign policy is going to affect um, the way Turkey, if not Ankara, if not President Erdogan, has engaged with the United States under Trump administration, which was a phone call, direct negotiations with him, and, and finding ways to leverage that relationship to bypass sanctions, possible sanctions towards Turkey or over the S-400 question, um, or fines about the Hawk Bank and trade with Iran, and etc. Um, and the, there is already a pretty much kind of dark consensus in Washington, D.C. towards a much more stronger stand um, against Turkey. So I think Biden is going to be much more critical and distant um, and engage with Turkey more institutionally, um, but also still have to find ways to balance um, the overlapping interests with Turkey vis-a-vis -vis questions around Russia, questions around the future of Syria, even some of the Chinese activities in Central Asia, and a broad range of issues from the Black Sea and the Mediterranean and the Baltics and the Balkans, which U.S. has to engage with Turkey, and Turkey does have to engage with U.S. too. So it is going to be a working relationship um, with probably much more institutional focus than we have seen under Trump's yeah. yeah, so what do you think would be the prerequisites for a improved uh, bilateral uh, Turkey-US relationship? Now, because it seems that the, the U.S. administration uh, will, actu will actually have to have a very fine balancing act. On the one hand, uh, there are a number of grievances uh, that you, you mentioned 
that could potentially lead to sanctions, Katsa sanctions, Iran Hawk Bank sanctions. But on the other hand, uh, you now have a worldview in Washington uh, that does prioritize working with partners, that does prioritize also enhancing the transatlantic bond and in particular uh, the, uh, the NATO relationship. So how do you think you know, this uh, need for a balancing act uh, will actually reciprocate uh, in terms of policy making and what we would be the prerequisites for a, an improved relationship uh, between Ankara and Washington? I think it's going to be really difficult. Ankara doesn't seem to want to actually find a compromise on the question of S-400s or its own assertive kind of foreign policy that wants to be on the negotiating table, wants to be heard and doesn't want to be a bystander on developments in the East Med and the Middle East and the Caucasus. I think it is set to put Turkey at odds with Washington DC again and again. Um, so I think we can't, we shouldn't expect any sudden change either way, positively or negatively. I think for Washington DC for a very long time, for the establishment especially, it has been a question of containing potential fallouts with Turkey, um, repairing some of the stresses and finding tensions, finding ways to ease some of the tensions. And I think that will continue. Um, but I think for Ankara as well too, there's very little it can do unless it changes um, substantial policy decisions and attitudes and language and, and, and launches a new initiative to normalize with US, which I don't think is likely. I think Ankara shouldn't expect any easy right um, or a quick solution to some of these issues like it did under the Trump administration. So, uh, and finally, if you were to be advising the Turkish government, Zia, what would be the one thing that you know uh, would be very important in order to improve this relationship. Only one recommendation. I think S four hundred shut them down or send them on, um, and I think focus on um, more constructive language towards yeah. the West and also democratic conditions in the country. Okay, no, that's very clear. Yeah, great, great to be talking to you, uh, and hopefully we'll do this again soon. Thank you.